Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At Four Rivers Smokehouse, for a limited time, take $5 off on orders of $25 or more when ordering in-store or by phone when you mention... Gators Breakdown. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. A little bit of Florida, Florida State, rivalry game, preview. Got it going on right here on Gators Breakdown this week. I know... Different ways of looking at this one because of the coaching situation Florida's in right now. Uh, interim coach Greg Knox taking over for Dan Mullen being fired earlier this week at Florida. So not a lot of hype in the game itself, but it's still Florida. It's still Florida State, still rivalry game, still the orange and blue versus the garnet and gold. Uh, an FSU team that is trending up. We'll get into that, how they've been able to turn their season around just a bit. And uh, – you're fighting for bowl eligibility just like Florida. So the, the bowl eligibility uh, there go, going into this one for the, for them as well and for Florida. Uh, but different ends uh, of the spectrum, both fan bases are a little bit different going into this game. Of course, we know it from the Florida side. But FSU is, you know, admittedly trending up a bit, playing better than they were in the month of September. It is kind of funny. You go back and look at September, of course, and Florida's up here and FSU's down here. And that's the, the way the seasons were going to go as well. Here we are in the last week in November, Thanksgiving weekend, rivalry weekend, and it is so much different between these two teams right now. We'll get into all that right here. Of course, what Florida brings to the game, what FSU brings to the game. We'll get into their side, uh, how they've been able to turn their season around, like I said, uh, a, a bit, and you know, their performances over the last few games or so, looking like an improved team uh, here. So look at FSU. Of course, the big story out there as well. Florida coaching search, kind of zeroing in on Billy Napier. That is the hot name. That is the trending name. As of when I'm recording this, nothing done yet. You may be listening to this Wednesday, Thursday, or Thursday, Friday of this week. 
So Thanksgiving Day as well. Wouldn't expect a whole lot of news that day. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, who knows? Uh, but I will save the coaching stuff toward the end of the episode because I don't know when everybody's going to listen to this. It could be old news by the time you listen to this, Friday, Saturday. I don't think it will be, but just in case it is, I'm going to do the FSU preview first and the coaching stuff later. And then um, – because it could be old news, and I wouldn't want you to have to pass through all that. Go ahead and get the FSU previews. That's what you're here for mostly. You'll get that. If you're you're driving around Thanksgiving Day, if you're driving around Friday or on your way to the game, I know it's an early noon start there. Um, Maybe you're listening to Gators Breakdown on the way. All right. Plenty to get into on both hot topics. Florida, Florida State, and the coaching search here for the Gators. So, all right, let's get into Florida State, and let's pull up what they've done so far this year. There is their schedule so far this year. We all remember the opening college football weekend start Labor Day night when they got beat by Notre Dame there, 41-38. Then the very next week lost to Jacksonville State, and we all had our jokes flying and ready to go on a uh, last play Jacksonville State walk-off. 20-17, they beat FSU. Then they lose to Wake Forest, 35-14. Then they lose to Louisville, 31-23. They started the season 0-4 right there, did not get their first win until they beat Syracuse, 33-30, on October 2nd. North Carolina, they beat (laughs) 35-25. They they know how to beat North Carolina, don't they? And then win versus UMass, 59-3. Then they played an improved Clemson team. Clemson was improving at the same time. Clemson beats Florida State 30-20. Then they lose to NC State as well. And then come back, bounce back, get the win over Miami in a nail-biter of a game. And then last week beat Boston College. So coming in to this game, winners of two straight are Florida State with wins over Miami and Boston College when they play the Gators at noon on Saturday on ES. So there's a look at the schedule or at the results so far of Florida State seasons. I said sitting at five and six, fighting for bowl eligibility as well for those guys. So how do these two teams match up? Here we are, statistical rankings for Florida and Florida State. Take a look at it right here, total offense. So we said we it's usually early season where these numbers kind of skew, you know, not really accurate, but we kind of know for Florida's, but it's, they're not really all that accurate right now. Um, 11th total offense in the FBS, third in the SEC, 480 yards. But, you know, Florida just come off the putrid performance versus Missouri uh, last week. Like I said, this, these numbers for Florida are still boosted up by the rushing offense from early in the season. And it's not translating to all these overall numbers. You know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. That's the the funny thing about looking at these tests. I think you have to look at them because it does tell the story. It tells the story how well Florida is not playing right now and how these numbers are boosted from the beginning of the season. Kind of opposite for for Florida State uh, there. But, yeah, total offense, 11th in college football, for Gators, 82nd in FBS for the Seminoles. Scoring offense, Florida 39th in the country. FSU 66th 
I mean, nothing really jumps off the page at you. We'll get into some things about Florida State. They're the 49th ranked rushing offense. Uh, they're <clears throat> averaging 180.7 yards a game. The 99th ranked passing offense. If you're watching the YouTube version, you'll uh, you can get the graphic version of this as we uh, kind of kind of go through here. Total defense, of course. I mean, Florida leads every statistical category here uh, when you look at it. Even when you look at the kind of other side of it, when you match the offense and the defense. I mean, total offense, FSU is 82nd. Total defense for Florida, 53rd. Scoring defense, Florida gives up 27.1 points per game. It should translate, but it 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 it, it won't. <laughs> I think it's that these these are not telling the whole story. When you just want to look at these blank, if if didn't know anything about football this year, you just looked at this. I would say you can look at this, but it won't mean a whole lot when these teams match up. If you've watched Florida play uh, the last few years, FSU seventy fourth in scoring defense. Florida score seventy fifth, so they're right about. So as far as points go. Florida yardage-wise is a better defense than FSU. But as far as points go, they're about as even as you can get. Florida giving up 27.1 points per game. Florida State giving up 26.7. So right there at about that 27-point mark. FSU does a much better job of stopping the run. Giving up 145 yards a game. Florida gives up 154 as far as pass defense, there's a big uh, separator. But turnover margin, as we know, Florida's terrible at that, 119th in the country, minus eight. FSU sits right at zero for turnover margin. So that's tied for 68th in FBS. FSU, 17 takeaways this year. Florida only has 10 takeaways. FSU with 11 interceptions. That's good for 30th in the country. As we know, that's been an issue for Florida as Florida has only has seven in time for 90th in the country. FSU, here's where Florida might be able to get to FSU a good bit. But even then, you know, Florida's offensive line struggled lately. But Florida's been able to get to the quarterback a good bit, especially after, you know, last week in Missouri. Florida spent the, a lot of time in the backfield uh, last week. FSU is 110th in the country and giving up sacks per game there. So, woo. Almost three sacks a game, 2.91 there uh, for Florida State. So there's your first little path uh, to Florida. You may be showing up and dominating up front, Florida's defensive front versus FSU's offensive line. You know, that offensive line, that's been um, been hit on, a beleaguered offensive line in the last few years for Florida State. They are better than what they have been, uh, but still giving up a ton of sacks right here. And we'll get into it just a little bit as well. Opponent red zone percentage. Florida State ninth in the country, seventy percent there. Then sacks per game, both teams getting to the quarterback. Florida State twenty first in FBS. Florida twenty ninth in FBS. So FSU with thirty two sacks on the year, Florida with thirty. Then tackles for loss that you know, translates for FSU as well. They're 11th in the country in tackles for a loss. We'll get into that a little bit, too, with who they have defensively up front. But here you go. Per game, they're averaging 7.2 tackles for loss. 79 on the season for FSU. So, there you go. I mean, they, they, they do 
they do some things well. You know, not overall, but there are some things they do well there, and we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I want to show you their game-by-game stats as well, if you're watching the YouTube version. And I'll try to explain it as best I can uh, for all the podcast listeners uh, out there. But what it can tell you is their difference uh, this season and how they started and how they are right now coming into the Florida game. The, they were running the ball much better earlier in the season. You go back to the Notre Dame game, first game of the season, 264 yards rushing. Jacksonville State, the second game of the season, 196 yards, almost 200 yards there versus Jacksonville State. Then they took a dip, took a hit, 91 yards versus Wake Forest. But then they hit the 200-yard mark, at least a 200-yard mark, four games in a row running the ball. Louisville, 205. Syracuse, 247, North Carolina, 238, UMass, 365 yards rushing for FSU. But they have not been able to duplicate that later. Clemson, 65 yards rushing against, or that's how many FSU had on Clemson, 65 yards rushing. Then they backed that up, back-to-back weeks, 38 yards rushing versus North Carolina State. They had 160, pretty good performance versus Miami. And then Boston College only had 114 last week. They got the victory there, uh, though. So you can tell it does kind of lend itself. If they're going to win, they're going to run the ball. I mean, there's two losses there. They're not winning those games versus Clemson with 34 yards rushing against North Carolina State with 27 yards rushing. Uh, well, that was my bad. That was attempts. They had 65 yards rushing versus Clemson, 38 yards rushing versus North Carolina State. They're not going to win those games uh, like that. But ran for 160 versus Miami. Win ran for 114 over Boston College, a 26 23 win last week. So, stop the run. FSU's not going to beat you if you let them go. I mean, they haven't hit the 200 yard mark when they were hitting it for a really good stretch there in the middle of the season. They haven't hit the 200 yard mark since that UMass game that hit 365 there. Uh, so you know, three point games here in the last couple weeks, as I said, 160 yards versus Miami. That was a 31-28 win. Last week versus Boston College, 114 yards. They beat Boston College 26-23. So they can get a, you know that over 100-yard mark, give them 150, 160 yards. They're not going to pull away from you. But you start letting them get the 200 yards, and then, of course, I mean, it, you can say that for every team. But let me say, you see how instrumental it is uh, for FSU here. I mean, even they ran for 264 versus Notre Dame and still lost that game. Uh, and then almost ran for 200 yards versus Jacksonville State and lost that game. But what have they done lately? And that's what you're looking at uh, right now. So they have not been able to hit that 200-yard mark lately. So there's you look at the uh, FSU kind of statistical rundown for their games uh, so far this season. And passing, you look at it there, you know, in the last few weeks, 233, 274, 251. Pretty good for Jordan Travis, quarterback, who has been struggling. You saw, you see earlier in the season, 178, 133, uh, 131 versus Syracuse, but they get the win. 145 versus North Carolina, but they get the win. Only 176 versus Clemson and that Clemson defense. Uh, but then over, uh, over 230 yards. Last three games there, so an improvement there 
on that side of the ball for FSU as the season winds down for them. Now we'll take a look at the FSU defensive numbers right here, and nothing really jumps off the page as far as you know big changes from uh, earlier in the season to, to, to later in the season. Run defense lately, if you go down to the bottom and kind of look at the recent games, last three games, not giving up a whole lot on the ground. 2.3 yards of carry to North Carolina State, 1.9 to Miami, 3.3 last week to Boston College. So coming into the game against Florida, really stopping the run pretty well uh, for, for them. But you look at the passing yards here. Now, they did show up versus Boston College last week. You know, Boston College only had 148 yards passing last week as well. So 148 yards passing – 3.3 yards of carry. They, I mean, they ran for 170 yards, Boston College did, but that was on 51 carries. So Boston College only had 318 total yards, 4.2 yards of play. So North Carolina State did those for some yards uh, in the air a few weeks ago. Miami did too, as I said. Uh, so if you're going to get them, maybe that's where you know, Florida they decided to play Anthony Richardson more if Emory Jones can take advantage in the air. It's like you're going to have to take advantage of the air because they're not giving up much on the ground. 3.7 yards on the season. So Notre Dame, the first game of the season, 1.9 yard average for, for them. Um, but, you know, you got your – well, they did struggle a bit in the middle portion of the seasons. Syracuse ran for six yards of carry. North Carolina, 6.4 yards of carry. So you can get them in the run game. Just Florida hasn't been able to show the ability to run a whole lot lately. Or, you know, or pass, but I think we see the potential there with Anthony Richardson if he's going to get the start for a, a maybe somewhat injury or lip slash limited Emory Jones right now. So maybe Florida takes advantage uh, in, in the passing game more so uh, this week with that situation. But that's what you're looking at coming in. Not huge, huge differences all throughout the year. Just that little stretch where they did get run on by Syracuse in North Carolina in the middle portion of the season. But Really just no, no astronomical numbers through the air for any opponent either. Notre Dame, 366 yards in the air the first game of the season. And then they've only given up two more 300-yard games, but that has been recently. North Carolina State and Miami, as I said. So maybe something to look out for there if you can get them through the air if you can't run the ball. So if you're watching the YouTube version, you can get the graphic version. You can look at it much better. Hope I did a pretty good job of explaining the audio of just the audio version there of Florida State. We'll get into more Florida State talk. But before we do, if you're tired of all the Thanksgiving leftovers, get some barbecue for your tailgating versus FSU. There's nothing better for a tailgate than Four River Smokehouse, named the number one barbecue in the South by Southern Living Magazine. Four River Smokehouse is a family-owned barbecue restaurant specializing in 18-hour smoked Angus brisket. Love me some brisket. Got to have those ribs. Get those sliders. Add all those homestyle sides, those fresh baked desserts at any of Four Rivers Smokehouse's 13 Florida locations. Four Rivers party packages come tailgate ready so you can spend more time watching the game and not the grill. Enjoy the gridiron pack for four for $54.99 or the party for 12 package for $109. Each package includes Four Rivers award-winning barbecue meats, Homestyle sides, buns, and signature barbecue sauce. Take $5 off on orders of $25 or more when ordering in-store or by phone when you mention Gators Breakdown. 
That's $5 off on orders of $25 or more when ordering in-store or by phone when you mention Gators Breakdown. So Gators, whether you live in Gainesville, just in town for the game, swing by Four Rivers, Gainesville, located in Butler Plaza. If you're tailgating at home in the Orlando, Jacksonville, Tampa, or Tallahassee areas, then you can also enjoy the best barbecue anywhere in Florida at Four Rivers Smokehouse. All right. FSU, their five wins since the start of October are tied for third in the ACC, trailing only the six wins by Coastal Division champions Pitt and Clemson. You see Clemson's improving as the season goes along as well uh, there, but FSU only behind Pitt and Clemson since the start of October. Seminoles have converted 29 consecutive red zone attempts for a total of 174 points. That's the longest active streak in the country, converting 29 consecutive red zone trips. That's the longest streak in the country there, and the fourth longest streak in 2021. That's the ESPN stats and info there. And FSU ranks first in the ACC and 11th in the country with a 71.8 red zone touchdown percentage. So they're, they're scoring when they get in the red zone. They're scoring touchdowns for the most part because they're first in the ACC. They're scoring, anyway, touchdowns and field goals. But they're scoring a lot of touchdowns when they get in the red zone. 28 of 39 this year. So if they get in the red zone, there's a good chance. Good chance that they're scoring a touchdown. So something to look out for there. Florida's defense, if they get the ball drive down on them, got to be able to come up. Come up in a tough situation. Come up because FSU, with the way they run the ball, with the way a quarterback they have that can make plays with his legs, they're converting in the red zone. Florida State is tied for 13th in the country with six plays of at least 60 yards this season and tied for 18th with three plays of at least 70 yards. One more time, they're tied for 13th in the country with six plays of at least 60 yards this season and tied for 18th with three plays of at least 70 yards. FSU's three rushing plays of at least 60 yards and two rushing plays of at least 70 yards both ranked first in the ACC and are tied for sixth and seventh nationally, respectively. While four rushing plays of at least 50 yards are tied for fourth in the conference and 18th in the country. So big play ability from this FSU run game is there. You see it right there. And we know Florida's issues this season in the run game, giving up some big plays so far, especially that stretch that Florida just – Showed up Missouri, but before that, giving up a whole lot of plays in the run game, dating back to that South Carolina game a couple weeks ago. So coming off that much better performance versus Missouri, uh, better than a better performance than we were expecting, they'll need to do that again, given FSU's ability to hit the big play. Not a, not a very consistent offense, not an offense that piles up a whole lot of yards, but there is that big play there that you still have to worry about. Quarterback Jordan Travis, he's played much better than the start of the year, but like he's not a superstar out there in, in what he brings to the table. But, you know, we know this defense's tendencies <laughs> to make a quarterback look better than what they really are. Can we get the performance last week that we got last week versus Missouri from this defense? Travis can hit the big plays, but here we go. Relies on short passes and mostly to the running back side of the backfield. Two of the three leading receivers are running backs Josh Corbin, Treshawn Ward, also relies on those guys a bit in the passing game. Two of the three leading receivers 
are the running backs. Josh Corbin, Treshawn Ward. So a little bit more on Corbin here. The running back, Josh Corbin, ranks first in the ACC, 10th in the country with 6.4 yards per carry, rushing for 877 yards on just 137 carries. Corbin has four 100-yard rushing games this season with a career-high 159 on 11 carries versus Louisville. That game, he averaged 14 and a half yards per run. Six in the ACC with 80, about 80 yards rushing per game, and has the two longest rushes in the conference. 89-yard touchdown versus Notre Dame and a 75-yard score versus Louisville. Corbin is just one of six players in the country with multiple 75-yard runs this season. Let's go back to quarterback, sophomore Jordan Travis, threw for career-high 274 yards, 62, 62 more yards on the ground with two of those with, with on the ground, two rushing touchdowns as well. And FSU's 31-28 victory over Miami a couple weeks ago. Bring that up. It's 336 yards of total offense were a new career high. And his two rushing touchdowns tied a career high as well. Travis scored a one-yard touchdown run with 26 seconds left and then tacked on the two-point conversion. That was the final margin against the Hurricanes a couple weeks ago. Let's go back to last week a little bit. At Boston College, he tied his career high with three passing touchdowns in a 26-23 win. Travis has six games this year with multiple passing touchdowns, and his 20 completions are the second most allowed by Boston College this year, who entered the game with the fewest completions allowed in the country. His 251 yards passing at Boston College are the second most allowed by the Eagles. For the season, he's 104 for 165 passing, a little over 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns, 428 rushing yards, Six touchdowns on the ground, so you've got to be able to take care of him when he runs. He's going to be a run threat. Probably the best run threat Florida's seen from the quarterback position so far this year. So big for the linebackers to, to spy, not lose him, and you know for the, the secondary guys to support that as well. Cover longer, help him support when he does take off and run, make the tackle. Florida's got to be able to do that on defense this week. Going to have their hands full. Jordan Travis running around a little bit. And so he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions either. Uh, going back and looking at some of the stats too, it's been, oh, I think I saw the staff four or five games since he's thrown an interception there for, for, for Travis. So something to look out for right there. So let's move to the other side of the ball. Florida State's defense ranks third in the ACC. Ninth in the country in red zone defense. Talk about red zone. They're good on offense. Pretty good on defense as well. Third in the ACC. Ninth nationally in red zone defense. Allowing a score of 70% of drives that reach the red zone. Florida State held opponents to 6 of 12. Five, at, you know, 500, yard, 500 average there. Red zone conversions in October. The best defensive stop rate in the ACC. Second best defensive stop rate in the country. Since the start of October, Florida State ranked second in the ACC in total defense and pass defense, allowing an average of 359.4 total yards, 207 passing yards per game, and fourth in the conference in scoring defense with an average of 23.9 points per game allowed. So as I said, since that October, when they got out of September, 
Florida State played, started playing much better. Florida State has recorded at least one interception in seven straight games, the program's longest streak since 20 or since 2007. From ESPN Stats and Info, it's the third longest streak in the nation this season. They ranked second in the ACC with 11 interceptions, 17 total takeaways in 21. Their average of 7.3 tackles for loss per game ranks 10th in the country. As I said, you know, they get in the backfield. They have four games with at least nine tackles for loss. Their most non-tackle for loss game in the season since registering five in 2017. Number one, the ACC. Number three, nationally with 11 sacks. I mean, Jermaine Johnson leads the way there. Georgia transfer. Ranks 13th among active players. The sacks per game in his career. He's number one in the ACC. Number one in the ACC. Number three nationally with 17 tackles for loss. So his sack and tackle for loss numbers are the most for the Seminoles since Demarcus Walker had 16 and 21 and a half respectively in 2016. Jermaine Johnson's 64 tackles are the most among Power 5 defensive linemen. So you know who to look out for here. Jermaine Johnson, Georgia transfer, comes in the FSU. One more time, number one in the ACC, number three nationally with 11 sacks. You know who to look out for. He's number one in the ACC, number three nationally with 17 tackles for loss. 11 sacks, 17 tackles for loss. He's not the only one, though. Kier Thomas and Jermaine Johnson both started all 11 games at defensive end and combined to form one of the top pass-rushing duos in the country. The pair have combined for 29 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks, three pass breakups, 22 quarterback hurries, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. Thomas and Johnson are the only teammates in the ACC with at least 12 tackles for loss. Johnson ranks first in the ACC with 17. Thomas is six with 12. So here where I bring that up. Florida. 11 tackles for loss given up last week versus Missouri. Missouri had 11 tackles for loss. They weren't really producing like that at that level, especially what you've seen FSU do lately. And now this Florida offensive line, after giving up 11 tackles for loss last season, now they give a matchup with this duo. Going to be a tough task to ask for after that performance we saw last week. And it's going to be a tough task for... Who plays quarterback for Florida? Um, Mentioned it all week there, uh, especially on Gators Breakdown Plus. I put out the news there on Monday that Emory Jones was injured in practice, uh, and the severity at the time wasn't really known, thought to be more serious at the beginning of the week than what actually happened. So he injured in practice Monday. He did not practice on Tuesday. Emory Jones did practice on Wednesday of the week. Uh, Very limited. I was told he didn't do, do any running, all throwing there on Wednesday. So we'll see the status of Emory Jones. Anthony Richardson more than likely gets to start. I won't full, fully go into that yet, but I think he will. Uh, from everything I've been, been able to put together. He's not really 100% all the way there either, uh, but has been practicing uh, more so in, in the starter capacity, especially on Tuesday uh, and on Wednesday as well. So we'll see. 
where Greg Knox goes for as far as a starting quarterback. But as I just brought up here, FSU's defensive front has been playing really well lately, getting in the backfield, getting sacks, getting tackles for loss. So if the quarterbacks are limited in any capacity and this offensive line doesn't step up, if we see a performance like we saw versus Missouri last week, then it may not matter who plays quarterback. And I know we like all like the excitement of Anthony Richardson, but if he's not 100% and can't run around like we know he can, now he's also, I think, quicker decision-maker and can get the ball out of his hands a little bit faster. So still think he's probably the best option moving forward anyway. But the explosion, the potential explosion, the potential big plays from his legs may be limited here. So far as offensive line needs to step up, give their quarterback some time. Don't get these quarterbacks hit anyway. If I mean, Emory Jones is probably going to be limited somewhat anyway. Uh, Anthony Richardson battling just a little bit of injury here. I mean, you don't want to – they're both nursing injuries right now. You don't want either one of them to get hit. So, as you look at the game a little bit, what Florida State brings to the table and some of the issues and maybe what Florida can do. I mean, you'd love to see Florida come out and establish a run game. Probably hope at this point, haven't been able to do so against defenses that have been giving up rush yards after rush yards after rush yards. Missouri, South Carolina, LSU. Those are teams you were supposed to be able to run on. You didn't. Still not giving Damian Pierce enough carries, uh, but it really starts up front with this offensive line. No consistency there whatsoever anymore. Uh, Ethan White injuries, big time missing. We saw guys going down like flies last week versus Missouri as well when they were already playing with some of the, the backups out there. Still false starts. I mean, there's just no cohesion up front, and they're shuffling all these guys in and out uh, up front now because of injuries. So you'd like to see them settle down, Maybe insert Damian Pierce a bit more as he's still the most consistent back Florida has. But probably look for Florida to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Oh, excuse me. Get the ball out of the quarterback's hands faster because uh, his pass rush and these tackles for losses. And, you know, it shows you this defensive line is very active for Florida State. Can get in the backfield, can pressure the quarterback, get the ball out of their hands uh, pretty quick. So I wouldn't look for Florida to try many deep shots um, and, and – unless, you know, the run game gets there and can slow down this FSU front. So I think the run game is going to need to be there to help slow down this FSU defensive line. They help give these quarterbacks some time to help them, if it's Anthony Richardson at least, you know, show that he'll push the ball down the field a bit more than Emory Jones. But you got to – you need time for that. So, all right, there you go. Final score, man, I don't really know here. It's so difficult to know where the mindset of the Sparta team is going to be. Uh, how limited these quarterbacks are. I will lean if Richardson plays more, a little bit of a closer game uh, there. Might even still pick Florida. I'm having a hard time picking Florida because of what we've seen them put on the field lately. All everything going on now with you know, Dan Mullen now not calling the plays, John Hevesy, Todd Grantham, and the three coaches right there just didn't even have on staff anymore for this last game of the season. I don't think there's going to be some massive changes here from Garrett McGee calling the plays and – um, maybe, maybe maybe he'll be willing to stick with the running back a bit more. We'll see what Greg Knox has to, has to say about that in the, the interim head coach role. Uh, but you, you, what are some of the differences going to be? I don't think there's going to be all that much in the last game of the season, even though Deb Mullen's no longer there on the sideline. don't think you're going to see much difference in this team. I think they're stuck in their ways a bit. And you're not you're, – Defense, they did show up. If you get that performance from the defense again, I think Florida wins this game. I'm not so sure you get that 
again. But if you do, I think Florida wins the game, especially if Anthony Richardson's playing. Uh, and we get anything near that second half LSU performance, Florida wins this game. Uh, but if we don't get that from the defense, and if we don't get that LSU performance from Anthony Richardson, if he's out there, I don't think, uh, from what I've seen with Emory Jones lately, South Carolina, Missouri, Florida, I don't think Florida's going to win this game with him either way. Uh, but give me last week's defense and a second half performance AR or anywhere, anything close to that you know, in the LSU game, and I think Florida can win this game. I think Florida will win this game, if that's the case. So there you go. There's how I'll lay it out. I won't really give you I won't really give you a final score, just give you my scenarios for a win or a loss for the Gators. All right, signing off here. But before we do, uh, we'll be signing off. But before we do, <laughs> um, coaching update, of course, Billy Napier, hot name out there right now, Louisiana head coach. Seems like it's moving in a fast, trending direction towards Billy Napier. Preliminary discussions happening before even moving on from Dan Mullen and then accelerated once the firing happened. Both sides definitely met this past week. No news there. No new news there. Uh, you guys all know about that. But, you know, they're trying to get this thing done and finalized. As far as I know, nothing finalized yet as I sit here and record this on a you know, late Wednesday, Thursday. Nothing finalized yet. All word is as close Current thought is this could get announced late weekend, Sunday, maybe Monday. We'll see what Friday holds. I think that's the probably magic day, if you want to call it that, of when this thing can get finalized. Uh, but, you know, if it's that far, don't be surprised if it gets out officially before that, you know, that Sunday, Monday. Like I said, Friday, I think, is the the magic day there. Uh, so whenever you listen to this, you know, <laughs> I have to say, be on the lookout. I mean, you all you all are anyway, uh, because that's just how the, the nature of a coaching search. Uh, well, I'll be watching the game on Saturday, so of course, if anything breaks, you'll get it right there. Uh, but you know, Friday, I say you know, probably keep a keep a ear out there on Black Friday, and we'll see if anything comes up. So you know, if it's that far, don't be surprised if it gets out. You know, before what we're hearing around just a bit that it could get announced officially Sunday Monday, but. Here's the thing. I mean, got current players from what I know texting Louisiana players about, about Napier. Uh, I have people in Louisiana reaching out saying they're hearing positive trending messages of Napier and Florida. Many angles to this. And with the holiday, maybe the news slows down a bit on Thursday. So I say watch out maybe for Friday. And we all remember also as well the Chip Kelly fiasco show last time and how close that was and how it looked close to be done at one time. Hopefully this doesn't turn into that happening again. Hopefully that doesn't happen to this one, but certainly it's trending that Florida really close in Billy Napier being the next head coach. So we'll see where it goes. Nothing official, nothing finalized as I, as me recording this. But if you, wait, you see the way it's kind of playing out, it's kind of obvious he's the top guy for Scott Strickland, as long as this is not some kind of smoke screen. I don't believe it is. I really don't. But from everything I'm hearing and who I'm hearing it from, I don't think it's any kind of any type of smoke screen. Uh, but it's obvious Billy Napier is at the top of the list here. If it doesn't, If it doesn't happen, something went off the rails, I think. He's at the top of the board. 
it looked great for Strickland to go out there and get the number one target on the board and get it done fast. Now, Billy Napier's timeline, what could that look like? Would come would that timeline come into play for his Louisiana team playing in a Sun Belt Conference Championship game? You can't blame him one bit if he wants to stay and coach that game with his current players. Uh, that be, but that would mean missing uh, a chance to host recruits in Gainesville ahead of signing day. That's around the corner. It might just be part of timing here. Not just saying, not saying the deal is going to get done because of that or not done because of that. Uh, but it's you know, it's an unfortunate part for Florida if it comes to that, but an understandable one. I'm just saying, if he is the guy and he gets finalized, what is the timeline for him? Does he join right away after his final regular season game? Or does he go coach in the Sun Belt Championship game uh, in the way starting for Florida about another week and missing out on that one recruit, well, not you know, a, a big recruiting weekend ahead of signing day? So I honestly don't know where Florida would turn if it doesn't happen to be Napier. Um, many I know still don't think Kiffin gets serious consideration for this job. Dave Aranda seems to be trending LSU for now. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, or or West Coast School maybe as well, or staying at Baylor. I mean, there's all the options there. You, you kind of hear around from Dave Aranda. The latest is he may, as I said, as I record this, who knows, things change, maybe trending for that LSU job. And Tom Herman, that's almost the coordinator. Something to look out for there. Of course, I'm just – I'm throwing you – I'm going to admit, I'm throwing you rumors right here for – I don't know Dave Aranda's situation uh, as like I you know, kind of plugged into the Florida one. That just seems to be going on there. I know he's a hot name for some of you guys out there. Don't really hear a whole lot of connection on the Florida side for Dave Aranda. Sounds like Luke Fickle will be staying at Cincinnati. I don't think Crystal Ball's even Oregon. Matt Campbell's name has been thrown out there for the Florida job. That doesn't excite me all that much. As far as recruiting goes, that's another damn Mullen hire to me. The way that one would play out, there's just nothing there I'd get excited about on the recruiting trail from that one. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good game day, good X's and O's coach, and good developer, can get a lot out of his players. I just don't think he's going to be getting the top echelon of the players to get the most out of. So, look, whoever Florida's hired, I'll get excited about it. I'll talk myself into it. But I'll look at the other side at the exact same time as well. We've already talked about that. There's not a big home pre-hire home run out there. These guys have had to they'll have to turn in to home runs. Just wait and see mode for a lot of these coaches out there. Even you know, look, James Franklin, I know some people have pointed at him. I know that really wasn't catching on to Gator Nation all that much. Uh, but James Franklin staying at Penn State with a new deal. Mel Tucker at Miss, Michigan State inking a new deal as well. So a lot of the names we've Thrown around out there, Bob Stoops' name's been there. He's taken his kind of name out of the hat. Don't really think it was all that serious anyway, but you got to br- bring up Bob Stoops anyway just because it's a Florida coaching search, and it's going to be brought up. So for all the hot boards out there, Florida may have to go way down the board. They don't get Billy Napier, but it does seem to be trending that way right now. Hopefully it gets finalized. Hopefully it gets announced in the next couple of days or so in we can take a deep breath, exhale, get ready for spring, hopefully spring game, spring practices, hopefully for, for a new head coach, but we got to get there first. Uh, but 
at least if you get it this weekend, you can. <sighs> okay, we got our guy. So <laughs> hopefully this thing doesn't drag on. Hopefully we're not holding our breath for a long time in this coaching search. So yeah, definitely just kind of be on the, you know, keep your keep your phones on you. Be on the lookout on Friday after this coaching search here. Maybe some maybe some kind of announcement, but if not, maybe an official announcement by Florida sometime Saturday, Sunday, Monday for Billy Napier. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Ahead of Florida, Florida State, all the coaching search and stuff going on out there. You can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Got some builds out there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.